For startups, I see it completely as a, don't go on-prem. I don't see the reason to go on-prem. Um, there's just too much there that you can go and begin. It's like the question, it, it's an R&D question. You can go and do it alone or you can take a tool that help you scale. Okay, so I am, I am staying like, uh, like start on your own, make the pilot, make the MVP, then go to the big league. Welcome to our series entitled The I Am Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the I Am Podcast. I am Mariah, your host, and today with me is the former VP R&D at Ray Catch and now living his dream. Okay, we will get more into that. Okay, Danielle Schuldenfrey. Hello, Danielle. Hi, hello. Happy to be here. We are so happy to be here. This is your first podcast, right? Right, right. It's, it's my dip in the water <laughs> into those uh, <laughs> terms. I have done some conferences, but podcast, yeah, sure. It's first. So happy to be here. Wow. It's, uh, it's exciting. Exciting, yes. It's going to be an exciting conversation. So just feel free. This is your stage and this is your time. I know a lot of people are afraid of being on the spotlight. Are you? When I, when I start, I... I go with the flow. It's it's okay. Yeah. Well, you have managed people, so I'm sure it's going to be easy for you. So for those who don't know you yet, I would love you to tell us about more about you, the background, personal career. Go ahead, Danielle. Um, okay. Uh, I'm married and I have a beautiful uh, kid. He's three years old. I've been uh, 10 years at startups. Uh, before that, uh, I learned uh, electric engineering. My first company uh, that I worked with, I've been with uh, almost uh, six years. It's called the uh, Orcam, a company that develops uh, a device for uh, people who are visually impaired. And I started my position there in the algorithms team, later moved to really been through all the like from algorithms to software, uh, all that. And I got to participate uh, in forming a really big uh, team there that uh, was in charge of uh, the device that is currently uh, selling for this company. So we really took a device from POC, from MVP journey. Um, I've been... Uh, I've been granted the opportunity to go and lead the R&D department at Raycatch. This uh, product is uh, helping solar industry by understanding, it's like a digital asset management tool when people that own a large plants, large sites, not home, but rather large site, they sell the, the electricity to the electricity company. So we help them understand where their problems and how they can better perform. So, and it's an automatic tool and it's a SaaS. So software as a service, they just log in within their day. They see what they need to fix, where they need to push harder. And they understand the return on investment, like how, how much they need to make an effort like DevOps and uh, full stack developers under, uh, under my supervision. Yeah. All right. Wow. So 
From Orkham to Raycatch, why do you love working about?、Uh, what do you love about startups? First, it's a nice question. I think I love the chaos at the beginning. <laughs> I like to have a million tabs open, and I I like to I like to go deep where it's needed, but also have a very broad perspective. And it's constantly changing in startups.、Uh, in Raycatch, I、uh, sorry. In, In my first position in Orkam, we were 30 when I joined. I left when we were 300. In Raycatch, when I joined,、uh, my my team was about three developers. When I left, it was 15. So it was really, it's it's an intense role to be to be in a startup. You're always doing something different. You there's no available tool. It's just like you have to make it your own. So it's、uh, it's very diverse. Sometimes in your position, you do so many. Stuff, but when you grow up, something very tight. You know, it's like you you go in depth with the certain position. So it's kind of nice to see, and also the the environment is very it's very enjoyable. It's it's like people are are building something together. You know, so it's exciting. Yes, you love the chaos. So to all who can listen to this podcast and loves the chaos, go ahead and、um, would love to know you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from thirty to three hundred. Three to fifteen. Now, yes, you left the position a month ago, right? Yeah, a few months ago. What are the tr- what were the triggers? What's on your mind, or how's the experience? Can you talk to us about that? Of、uh, making the shifts, <laughs> or in the yeah.、Okay. <laughs> yes.、Um, so I left Orkam when I felt like I needed to spread a little bit bigger. When the opportunity came, it was also a different place geographically in my country, rather closer to my home, and that's when my uh, boy uh, just was born. So I wanted to be closer, but also the opportunity to、uh, grow from something really, really small and lead. A diversity of、uh, departments, as I said, the algorithms, the software, the stack, the cloud. It was very much、uh, like being in charge of、uh, team leaders rather than being a team leader、uh, my own. You felt like you have to spread your wings and do something bigger, <laughs> and find another chaotic place to be in. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it was too much organized when we were three hundred. I said I gotta I gotta try something new.、Yeah. Yes, it's time for something new. Okay, so later I'm gonna ask you about that something new that is like cook that you're cooking. Maybe、right. the amount that you're allowed to tell us. But talk to us first about the fifteen people or your experience about R and D, right? So first, going back to the fifteen people. So what does that comprise? I mean. Who are those fifteen people in the R and D team? Well, everybody's you know everyone's different.、Um, everyone's motivated different. Some people are they need a lot of knowledge, like to start working, like the motivation.、And、some people need the you know a lot of data、uh, to start working. So everybody's different, and you gotta learn the people.、Um, And you gotta you gotta understand how to manage your time because everybody needs a little push, whether it's from you or from another team leader. But you have to orchestrate it so that you're maximizing your potential. Yeah, do, do they have to be really data driven? I mean, everyone at the R and D team, or how, what do you look for to be a member of the R and D? There's not a real formula for that, but.、Uh, Algorithms people,、um, I think 
they really need to be that that you look look uh, for a lot of open-minded and being really uh, good with mathematics and like understand and experience while in software developers I always search for people that are they they, they like to try always new things and they're not afraid of you know opening another open source or uh, trying to to enter a new turf um, this is was kind of like my vision for a software for stack people uh, it was completely well it was very close to software but it's um, the the accomplishments are really really fast so you have to I, I say feed the beast but you have to constantly give them more and more uh, on their plate to get them running it's because they're like most of the tasks are done really really fast and for us as a small company the clients uh, they get this little actively uh, uh, easy to watch uh, the change grow so so you have to constantly give them more and more and more so it's really really different with cloud with devops um, in my former role in Orcam, I didn't have any DevOps with me because everything was on-prem and we had uh, a whole department for that and I wasn't even close to that. So I had to had to learn everything on my own from the beginning, understand what's needed. We, uh, I think in three to four months in my position, we, we changed clouds from GCP to AWS. Um, and it was the my opportunity to learn it uh, it was uh, my opportunity to to lead the change, and it, it was it was so good, so good experience to to understand um, even even the new technology. You really studied or you really learned it, like cloud technology. It's a whole it's a whole big world, <laughs> and I I'm not pretending even for a minute to understand. I don't know, but I know the major. I know the you know. The compute and the, the databases, like uh, the managed databases, and a lot of other software, cyber a little. So for us, it was because we were still a relatively small startup. We were like 25 people, and it wasn't that that big. Our expenses were, were not small, but... Um, Still, it was very it was very interesting. I think the the best project we did with cloud we had this uh, we had this compute that took I think seventy hours. It was a very very big like company that had um, in uh, in solar you you say uh, megawatts gigawatts. So it was a gigawatt of of a site. It's very very big. So it took us seventy hours in the beginning when I joined the company. It took us uh, almost uh, 10 minutes when we finished all the, uh, like orchestrating it through the cloud, parallel work, you know, thousand computers running at once, giving results, <laughs> storing it, loading it, moving it, transition, everything. So we had to completely change our way of thought working with the cloud and also make it uh, relatively affordable. So, and, yeah. and that's a big, big, uh, that's a big challenge. Uh, yes how to monitor your expenses and everything so yes yes actually i want to i want to ask you that like the advantages of going 
into the cloud and staying on premise. What do you think as the VP of R and D? What do you think is the biggest advantage or the leverage for startups? I see it completely as a, don't go on prem. I don't see the reason to go on prem. There's just too much there that you can go and begin. It's like the question. It's it's an R and D question. You can go and do it alone, or you can take a tool that help you scale. Okay, so I am, I am staying like um, like start on your own, make the pilot, make the MVP, then go to the big league. Like go and do what's needed. You don't need to to have a, either an IT or a DevOps from day one. Uh, you can start with the outsource, then later bring him in. You know, <laughs> everything you can help to scale as much as faster as possible because it's a startup. Your clients are, you know, waiting at the door for you to help them, and it's very, very, ch- it's it's a very chaotic and uh, changing experience. So, like dynamic experience. So you got to scale bigger. When we knew that the cloud can help us, you know, orchestrate this, uh, like manifest those algorithms faster. That's where we knew, like, how to how to utilize it. You know. Nobody wanted wanted to wait for an answer for you know 24 hours. It's just not legitimate. <laughs> you have to you have to give him the answer now. So when did you realize? Okay, we have to move this to the cloud. I knew it from the start. It's uh, we had a cloud in GCP, but the problem was that nobody from the former uh, DevOps teams knew to tell me what's going on there, and also the the expenses were like not like off the chart. And so I knew that we had um, to scout for another cloud, somebody to help us fund the transition, the migration. And I knew we had to have experienced DevOps to help us mm-hmm. make this transition and also uh, sit with me on the architecture, understand what we're doing, making it right so that I won't have to change again or to migrate again in a few years. Like I wanted stability. We're doing this; it's gonna hurt, but later, <laughs> it's it's gonna be really calm. And and that just the way it was. We sat with a few uh, people. Okay, so you mentioned about outsourcing and the importance of having that expert, right, with you to sit on the architecture. So. I think a lot of businesses really don't have the, especially startups, right? The capability to really, you know, because special experts come with a tag, price tag. <laughs> it's expensive. So your opinion, uh, do you have to do it in-house or are you open to outsourcing some of the tasks for you to be able to innovate faster? Well, it really depends what's your core technology, I think. For us, the core technology was solar analytics. So... Uh, DevOps and infrastructure was not something that we know how to do best. But when you coordinate with an outsource, and I'm saying an outsource company, it's not one person that you're facing. It's one person and he sits with 70 more or 100 more. So it's his knowledge is much larger because when he doesn't know the answer, he has friends and he has like experience. He has a back. You know, someone's someone has have his back. So I found it really, really nice that uh, to work with such company, especially in the beginning. Later, if you grow 
bigger and you want to bring someone in to make, you know, all the important, um, how do you say, you have to work fast and you want him to integrate it with your teams and understand stuff from the research part and before even delivery. So then you'll bring someone in, um, I think, but also it's good to have this back always as a startup. You avoid the one point failure. Right. I'm not sure if that's right, but yes. So there's a lot you can have access to a lot of heads, brains, talents, knowledge, right? When you have a team that is specialized for development. Okay. Also, I think if you, if you've entered there uh, as a startup, you always have uh, some sort of tech debt when it's constantly, you know, things that need your, uh, your hands, but you're leaving them behind because of client needs because of company needs because of i don't know what you have to show this demo to the investors or whatever to make to make the next round but you take with you a big bag of technical debt and you don't want to be in a technical debt in the cloud or a technical debt in your infrastructure because that's when it hurts most you have any other tips for startups who'll be working or outsourcing that part of their work well get references uh, talk to people before, um, like about their experience. I've done it many times uh, before going into something new. Just talk to some people that have this service, have this, um, you know, work with the, the people you want to work with. Uh, hear, hear what was their challenges, where, what is the least, what is the less uh, optimistic part of their journey. Understand if it's, if it's fit for you. If you're in relatively the same same team size or you have the capacity to, to withhold this connection because also outsource can be something that it's not always, you know, do that. I'll, you know, you, have, you constantly have to grow it. They're, they're part of your company. You have to let them in. Um, I, always, I always looked at it as if I have someone who is outsourced, is, is entering our, our daily, you know, opening uh, talks. He's communicating when we're doing a lecture about solar. I want him to participate because I want him to to be part of the team, to understand the motivation. It also, like, you get a different feeling from them, you know, that they're sitting right next to you. So I agree. I agree. Like, they also have to be aligned with your goals, not just, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this, and then come in with the results. So they have to also be, like, partner, right? Right. To partner with yeah, you and your, your partners to your journey. The, the, the flip side on that, that they can, you know, they can change. They can, uh, they can move. Um, the company can decide, like the outsource company can decide to switch your, uh, your personnel to a different uh, person. So all the time you have to keep, you have to keep the knowledge within the company. You have to constantly do like shakeups inside. Like you have to, you have, you have to understand the material. You have to understand the, the products that they deliver. It's not it's not good enough to say, yeah, I have an outsource. They're good for it. I know that they can switch. They can learn it. No, you have to you have to bring it in yourself. One factor I see people um, are very hesitant to outsourcing is trust, right? So, what do you think is the best way to nurture or build trust? If you take them as part of your team. And really let them work with your team. And as I said, bring them the knowledge and the motivation behind your work. 
Um, and also understand that like others, they want to learn, you know, like your team, they want to grow. They want to, to have more, you know, like bigger shoulders. They, they, they want to grow with you, but they need to, uh, get responsibility and, uh, get, get in charge of stuff so that later they'll feel like there's someone that, that is irreplaceable in your team. So as I see it, give them, but also train them to, to understand the background of your work. I've heard some stories about like in our team, they worked with an Israeli, like a founder CTOs, right? So first culture gets in the way, like how should I communicate with him or that? But now <laughs> they're like the closest. They even say goodbyes in the sweetest way possible. So I think, yes, you have to, what? communicate and build the relationship right even when you're outsourcing right it's always a number one for me like when when i spoke to like head ofs or like managers that are they were part of uh, building the outsource team or whatever i said look i gotta i gotta work with someone that has really good english so because there were always foreigners from a different country we worked with a lot of com with a lot of uh, countries so it was always something very really major. I don't want people to hold them in. I want people that talks that that can communicate even when they're not feeling good like about what they're doing. If they're not happy doing the work, I want them to tell me maybe I can find another role for them. Maybe I can find another task. Maybe I can find something else that they'll be better at. Nice. Because yeah. Israelis are straightforward people, right? Very direct, like you'll say yeah. whatever you want to say in a good way. I think for Asians, I'm not sure, no. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, yeah. so I think it's quite different in other countries. Like they're more reserved and shy, you know, like they're, they would prefer not saying it. Can you share what like challenges or stories wherein you had that culture or English getting in the way? Well, I can say that we, yeah, I have a, I have a nice uh, story. So we worked with people from uh, Nablus, uh, from the Palestinian Authority. And Israel and the Palestinian Authority always has this tension and always politics. And, and actually, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good people which I worked through the years. And uh, I believe in cultivating this uh, mutual like work because we're neighbors and we want to work in peace. And so we had a team there and they're like really great people. One of the best like developers that I've worked with, they're like really good. And then there was this uh, little uh, engagement that threw up this, um, how do you say, uh, it's not a war, but it's like a small, you know, conflict. Yeah, that's the word for it. And, and I saw, like, in the morning, like, the, you know, the expressions on the face, uh, the people, and I said, look, <laughs> if it's hard for someone to be here, I understand it completely take the day off or the week off. Here, it's no politics. It's it's only business. We like you. We work with you daily. We appreciate your work. You you understand our motivation, our need. We're not doing 
like war zone here. This is this is the team. We gotta go, go forward with the with the task. I, I again I said if you don't feel comfortable working right now, I completely understand it and it's cool. We'll take a day off, two days, one week. Even if you don't want to work here, that's fine. I won't take it for granted. But just know that for me, it's just work. Okay? Yeah, nothing and we personal. need to work together. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing personal. Politics aside, let's work. Yeah. Oh, yes. So that's another culture, like, where, where culture and, I don't know, real life uh, crash. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, life happens and, you know, we are different, like personalities, maybe work. But yeah, like what you said, okay, communicate what you like and let's see, like maybe you can right. go here or things like that. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have given us tips, okay, like how to manage DevOps. No, not DevOps people. How to manage teams, right? The strategies or best practices. And now you also talked about why you left. And that is because you said you felt like you have to spread your wings and do something bigger. So what is the road ahead for you, Danielle? Well, three months ago, Raycatcha was sold. Like the technology was sold. And I said I have the, the option to continue there with the new administration. Um, but it was always a dream of mine to open something of my own, a new startup. And so in the past few months, I've been working uh, on that with a partner. Uh, we're in ideation phase. It's really, really preliminary and it's constantly <laughs> changing and growing. It's very much uh, like uh, the, the, the work is very product driven. It's like trying to, trying to, uh, to interrogate or uh, like understand like the, the client's uh, needs and try to manifest a product from uh, from the problems and from the the connections that you understand. Where our uh, project is trying to think of a way to help uh, partnership managers, um, people that do partnerships within companies, let's say, to work together and we're trying to understand from our experience, me and my partner's experience, business and also big data and AI, which was my personal spe speciality, to understand who can be their next partner, how can they better prospect, what are the KPIs of success in this partnership, and really give them a tool to expand uh, their growth, like to, to help them grow with other companies. I think we talked to more than 70 people already from different companies and we're not going to stop. We're going to continue asking the questions like their daily work. Uh, what, it, what is their stack? What do they use? Where do they see the opportunity to, to really partner up? And we, we understand some flaws. We understand some tools are out there and we're trying to, to build some sort of product to help them in this uh, heavy task. Wow. We'd love to follow along that journey. So right now, it's like really R&D, right? Like ideation, researching. <laughs> it's a lot of research, uh, ideation. I believe that in a few months time, we'll, we'll try to find an investment and really start. You already have a co-founder. How many, how many people are in this? No, we're just two. We're just two. two. Uh, he's more two. of a business guy. I'm more of the techie guy. And uh, together. Uh, right combination. <laughs> together, we'll try to find it and uh, see our 
CRO together and we're, we have this great uh, dynamic and just, you know, wait, wait for it. <laughs> I don't know. Exciting times. So be sure to also hop here to tell us if it's, you know, out in the open. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is the I Am Podcast. So if you are to complete I Am Daniel and I Am Blank, how are you going to complete that sentence? Um... Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Daniel, and it's it's great uh, to form new things, to form new products with great people. That's it. Wow, I thought you were gonna say I love chaos. I am Daniel, <laughs> and I love chaos. I can say that as well. <laughs> um, but you took me, you know, you surprised me. So this this is what came up. I know. <laughs> okay, so I am chaos. I'm not chaos, those... but I love chaos. <laughs> Yes, yes. Who loves chaos? Or maybe your people who love chaos is going to align with you. <laughs> okay. So to those who want to have a conversation or talk to you, ask some tips or things to connect, what is the best way to connect with Daniel? Uh, LinkedIn is great. Happy yes, to share my Daniel Schildenfrey. Yes, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> a bit of German last name. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Daniel, and all the best to you. Come back here for more news. Thank you. Thank you. It was really great to, to be here, and I loved it. Uh, thank you for this experience. This podcast is powered by iamops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CICD process with iamops.io dedicated DevOps team. Check out www.iamops.io and get a DevOps team Make sure to check out www.imops.io if you want to know more about us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video. Thank you and you have a great day.